Welcome to the Gone Fishing Podcast, episode number 25. In today's episode, I'll be discussing Year of Deception, how the leading stories of 2020 were used to deceive Americans. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Gone Fishing Podcast. Join Ron Bouchard as he casts a wide net sharing his philosophy of life, business, and success, and goes fishing for wisdom in interviews with other entrepreneurs, authors, and thought leaders. You'll hear their stories of triumph and tribulation. If you're an aspiring entrepreneur trying to succeed outside the confines of the current of social expectation, bring the bait and join us for Gone Fishing. Welcome to the Gone Fishing Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Bouchard. Before I begin, I want to give you a disclaimer. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical scientist. What I'm about to tell you is all true, all based on fact, and all vetted for accuracy. In fact, this podcast was supposed to air two weeks ago, but I've rewritten it four times since then. Waypoint Mastermind stands for truth. Our central tenant is truth above all. And as such, I want my podcast to reflect the same. 2020 was filled with unique headlines, to say the least. Headlines like, Invasive giant hornets have been spotted in the U.S. for the first time. Or the WHO declares the coronavirus outbreak a pandemic. Or you might have remembered, The Pentagon has reportedly found off-world vehicles not made on this earth. Or the coronavirus toilet paper shortage has U.S. retailers limiting purchases. Or monkey snatch COVID-19 blood samples after attacking lab workers in India. Or protesters in Seattle take over a six-block area announced an autonomous zone. More surprising than the headlines is the amount of disinformation, twisted facts, hypocrisy, mischaracterized events, distorted statistics, slanted history, smears, and utter deception spread during the year. Whether intentional or unintentional, the deception has led to fear, ignorance, anger, and division. Ask yourself these questions. Do you trust your life to the information reported by the mainstream media? Do you trust that your representatives in Congress are working on your behalf? Or you think they're working on the behalf of their sole interests? Do you trust social media giants and big tech with your data concerning your First Amendment rights? Do you trust church leaders to stand on principles of scripture? Do you trust academia and the school system to teach our children what is right? Or are they indoctrinated with an ideology that erodes this sense of self, morality, and the ability to discern the truth? Do you trust the WHO, the CDC, the NIH, and other health officials to relay scientific information free from political rhetoric accurately? Do you trust our courts to hear and settle grievances fairly? Or do you think people in positions of power are treated differently than those that have taken an oath to protect us? 
When you openly deceive the people, stifle their speech, vilify and mischaracterize their feelings or actions, not hear their grievances, deny their appeals for justice, they get angry. When you indoctrinate others to the point of ignorance with bold lies, half-truths, propaganda, and teach them to hate the factual and righteous position, they will also get angry. This friction is the goal of the ruling class, who divide people so they can taste the intoxicating nectar of absolute power. They will sell their soul, their mother, their children, and their friends to achieve their goal. Do you think you'll be immune? According to Psychology Today, deception refers to the act, big or small, cruel or kind, of encouraging people to believe information that is not true. Lying is a common form of deception, stating something known to be untrue with the intent to deceive. While most people are generally honest, even those who subscribe to honesty engage in deception sometimes. In fact, Studies show that the average person lies several times a day. Trust is the bedrock of society at all levels, from romance and parenting to national government. Deception always undermines it, because truth is so essential to human enterprise, which relies on a shared view of reality. The default assumption most people have is that others are truthful in their communication and dealings. Most cultures have powerful social sanctions against lying. And we did too, with the Smith-Bunt Act of 1948 and the Foreign Relations Authorization Act of 1987, which prevented the U.S. government from using propaganda on American citizens. But in 2013, things changed. When Congress and President Barack Obama signed into law H.R. 4310, the National Defense and Authorization Act, which allowed the U.S. government to use propaganda against Americans. That was the start. That was the beginning. That was the genesis of fake news in America. In 1933, the National Socialist German Workers' Party, or Nazis, came into power in Germany. At the time, the German Constitution guaranteed freedom of speech and freedom of the press. Through decrees and laws, the Nazis' freedom of speech and freedom of the press were eroded, and they abolished the civil rights and destroyed the German democracy. Starting in 1934, it was illegal to criticize Nazi government. Even telling a joke about Hitler was considered treachery. People in Nazi Germany could not say or write whatever they wanted. They closed down or took over any anti-Nazi newspaper. They controlled what news appeared in the newspapers, on the radio and in the TV. They banned and burned books that the Nazis characterized as un-German, etc. In order for their plan to work, they needed an enemy to blame for all of the ills of Germany. They found that enemy in the Jewish people living in Germany. Hitler did not invent the hatred of the Jews. Jews in Europe 
had been victims of discrimination and persecution since the Middle Ages, often for religious reasons. Christians saw the Jewish faith as an aberration that had to be quashed. Jews were sometimes forced to convert or they were allowed to practice certain professions. In the 19th century, religion played a less important role. It was replaced by theories about the differences between races and peoples. The idea that Jews belonged to a different people than the Germans, for instance, caught on. Even Jews who had converted to Christianity were still different because of their bloodline. It wasn't just the Jews that Hitler hated. Hitler viewed the world as an arena for the permanent struggle between peoples. He divided the world population into high and low races. The Germans belonged to the high peoples and the Jews to the low ones. He also had specific notions about other peoples. The Slavic people, for instance, were cast as inferior, predestined to be dominated. Hitler felt the German people could only be strong if they were pure. As a consequence, people with hereditary diseases were considered harmful. These included people with physical or mental disabilities, as well as alcoholics and incorrigible criminals. Once the Nazis had come to power, these ideas led them to forced sterilization and killing of human beings. By the time he was stopped, 6 million Jews, 250,000 people with disabilities, thousands upon thousands of homosexuals, 1.8 million non-Jewish Polish citizens, 1,900 Jehovah Witnesses, 250,000 Gypsies, 312,000 Serbians, and an undetermined number of political opponents were killed. There was a famous quote by a German pastor, Martin Namola, that goes like this. First, they came for the Jews. I was silent. I was not a Jew. Then, they came for the communists. I was silent. I was not a communist. Then they came for the trade unionists. I was silent. I was not a trade unionist. But then they came for me. There was no one left to speak for me. Do you see any similarities in 1933 uh, 1933 Germany and America today? If you don't, you haven't been paying attention. Let me read you some headlines of late. Leftists suggest re-education camps, firing squads, banning talk radio to deprogram 75 million Trump supporters. PBS chief counsel advocates for re-education camps for children of Trump supporters. They actually went as far as saying that DCF needs to come in and take them all away. Twitter followers, Trump's suspension with massive purge of conservative accounts. AOC calls for Senator Ted Cruz and Hawley to resign. And if they don't, the Senate should remove them. Why? 
because they dared question the election results. Delta put Trump supporters who harassed Mitt Romney and Lindsey Graham on a no-fly list. Why? Because they spoke their mind. Now, you may be one of the people who hates Donald Trump, but that is irrelevant to finding of truth. This podcast is not for Donald Trump or against Donald Trump. This is a truth. If you cannot see the similarity between what happened in Germany until now or are unwilling, that is called a cognitive bias. And I'll be going more in depth into cognitive bias in next week's program. What if I told you that the hatred of Donald Trump and the characterization of him had nothing whatsoever to do with him or his personality or with him personally? That's going to be hard for you to hear, especially after what you've heard day in, day out for the last four years. But listen to this. On November 3rd, 2018, George H.W. Bush, the 41st President of the United States, died after a battle with vascular Parkinson's disease at his home in Houston, Texas. At his funeral, his sons distributed four envelopes to guests in attendance. The guests who received envelopes were Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, Joseph Biden, and Michael Pence. It has been reported that there are no other ones who receive such envelopes. The envelopes were said to have contained a note from George H.W. Bush before he died that said, and I quote, they know everything. I'm sorry. Signed, George H.W. Bush. What did they know? What did Trump now know that he wasn't supposed to know? That they were so hell-bent on keeping him from learning? That's for you to decide. But what I can tell you is, Trump interfered with the plan of the World Economic Forum called The Great Reset, which Time Magazine devoted an entire episode to, or an entire magazine to, in November 9th of 2020. The Great Reset is a proposal by the World Economic Forum to rebuild the economy sustainably following the COVID-19 pandemic. Political leaders such as Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and U.S. presidential candidate Joseph Biden have endorsed the idea of building back better. You heard me right, building back better, the slogan of the Great Reset, as has UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson. Now, if you go on YouTube and you look up any campaign by Justin Trudeau or any campaign by um, Joseph Biden or by Boris Johnson, you'll see the slogan Building Back Better right next to them. Time Magazine partnered with the World Economic Forum to ask leading thinkers to share ideas for how to transform the way we live and work. They replied that the COVID-19 pandemic had provided a unique opportunity to think about the kind of world we wanted. 
Justin Trudeau went a little further than that and said that we have launched the COVID-19 and then he had to retract the statement. What would the future look like if the World Economic Forum got what they were looking for in the Great Reset? It is not for me to tell you what to think, but teach you how to think and to draw your own conclusions. And by the way, this is not the first time there was such a plan. About 10 years ago, there was a plan on the United Nations website called Agenda 21, which was referring to Agenda 2021, the year that they wanted to have the plan completed. Hmm. That happens to be the year we're in. You can look up Agenda 21. It might now be called Agenda 2030, but you can still find it on the website. They're not hiding it from you. Don't have to take my word for it. Some say the Great Reset was necessitated by COVID-19. Others think COVID-19 was used to necessitate the Great Reset. But do your own homework and decide for yourself. But what you'll find will be shocking. Voltaire was a French philosopher and author who once wrote, If you want to know who rules over you, just look for who you are not allowed to criticize. Conversely, if you want to know what they don't want you to see, just look into what you're not allowed to question. If you do, you'll find two main topics that will get you banned on social media, ostracized, put on no-fly lists, and removed from all sorts of parts of society. What are those two questions? Number one, questions revolving around COVID-19. The origin, the efficacy, etc. And the second one is the election of 2020. Why? Are they connected? Well, you can decide for yourself. But since COVID-19 came on the scene, there's been a flurry of disinformation coming out from our government and health officials. Here are some of the issues in dispute about COVID-19. Now, again, I am not a physician and have never played one on TV. However, I have intuition. I call it my spidey sense. And my spidey sense goes off when something is not right. I intuitively know when something needs to be questioned. I've learned to develop it over time, and you can too. And next week, the subject of my podcast will be how to discern information and how to develop that spidey sense. But in 2006, I owned six different companies. And my business partner at the time helped me in three of them. Well, my business partner stole $13,000 from me. He talked my accountant into hiding it from me. When I went into the meeting, I immediately knew something was wrong. Even though the books appeared quite balanced, 
something wasn't right. And sure enough, I discovered that $13,000 was missing. And that $13,000 happened to be mine. In the same way, when COVID hit, my spidey sense went off. So I began looking into and found it very difficult to ascertain factual data relating to COVID-19. Now, if you remember back at the beginning of this crisis, we were told that America was going to be fine. It was happening overseas, and it probably wouldn't reach America. Then it reached America. We were told that we didn't have to wear masks by Anthony Fauci. By the way, if you try to find that now, most of them are redacted or removed altogether. But guess what? We need to wear masks. We were told that we should be in lockdown or in quarantine for six weeks. But that lasted more than six months. We were told that even if they were asymptomatic, they would be spreading the virus. Well, doctors have concluded that there is no evidence of asymptomatic spread. We were told that there would be two and a half million people, at the very least in the United States, dead. 3.4% of the population who would die. And now we found out that less than 1% of the population succumbed to the illness and died. And only 9% of those who had, of the 250,000 or 400,000, whatever it is now, people who died from COVID, only 9% of them actually died from COVID. The rest died from comorbidities. We were even told that in 2018, there were 2,839,205 deaths. In mid-December of 2020, there were 2,800,000 deaths. All causes. Not much more than that in 2018. If you question anything regarding COVID-19, you're ostracized and criticized. A whole group of doctors went on the Capitol steps, criticized Fauci, and they lost their jobs. They've been ostracized. And over time, they've been proven right. They disagree with the lockdown orders. They disagree that we should be locking people down when there's a 99.95% survival rate for anybody under the age of 20. They disagree that we should be locking down when the, the worst statistic is 99.95%, which means the vast majority, nearly almost 99.5% of everyone who gets COVID will recover naturally from the disease. That doesn't mean that there's not a problem with COVID. That doesn't mean that there wasn't a COVID disease. Nobody has said that. But when you exaggerate the problem, you exaggerate it for one reason and one reason only. You exaggerate it to cause fear. And it worked. 
those doctors said that lockdowns don't work. In fact, they cite proof that lockdowns don't work by citing Sweden, who didn't lock down and whose numbers were better than her European neighbors, which did lock down. Furthermore, during the second wave, Sweden's numbers are much better than its neighbors, implying lockdowns are simply irrelevant, as the virus must get through the community, and once it does, numbers are low. Even under conditions of extreme voluntary lockdown, the viruses get through. Now, this is a contrary piece of information, and I'm not saying that they're right. What I am saying is, we have two contrary pieces of information, and the government should not be telling us what the answer is. We should be presented the evidence and make our own decision. These individuals who gave us this evidence are equally qualified, and some people think Fauci's not qualified at all. We were told lies about hydrochloroquine. In fact, you were not even allowed to get it off the shelf, even though for the last 65 years, um, the FDA has approved it. And it's never had a problem. It's been safe. In fact, in Africa, they call it the Sunday Sunday. They give it out every Sunday. So, which also explains why in Africa, the numbers of COVID-19 has been substantially less than other places. The vaccine, according to the the doctors, um, they say that the vaccination for Moderna and, and Pfizer should not be called a vaccine at all. Again, this is not me saying so. They said it should be called an experimental biological agent. And when asked if it's going to prevent you from getting the disease, even Fauci says no. So you're taking something for a disease that has a 99.995 survival rate for that could cause complications with pregnancy. And that's what we know about. And yet we're not allowed to question it. And we want to mass distribute it to everyone. Now, I have my own theory about what's going on with the coronavirus vaccine. But do your homework. Look into it. Even naming the virus has been a problem. This virus is called the Wuhan virus. Why? Because it originated in Wuhan. Wuhan, China. Just like Lyme disease originated in Lyme, Connecticut. It's called Lyme disease. Spanish flu and many other diseases. In fact, all diseases are either named after the person who discovered them or the place in which they originated. So you can differentiate them by other diseases. Coronavirus is a generic term that people use in the hospitals all the time to describe common cold or flu. Even the tests, the PCR tests used to test for COVID, are a problem. The very person who designed and created the PCR tests said that they were going to give you a false negative 60% of the time, and they were designed that way. Unfortunately, he passed away in 2019, late 2019. So what changed now? Well, the New York Times said up to 90% people who tested for COVID-19 were wrongly diagnosed. Oh, really? I knew that back at the beginning of this. But the average person did not. 
the WHO finally admits that the PCR tests are unreliable. Oh, interesting. Because I knew that back then as well. Coronaviruses, coronavirus cases plummet when PCR tests are adjusted. Wow. Surprise. A test that gives you a 60% false positive causes people to not be testing positive when you use the test correctly. That's very interesting. You're being deceived. Whether or not you want to believe you're being deceived, you are being deceived. Why? That's up for you to discover. I figured out for myself why you're being deceived. And I'm giving you kind of some hints to go by here. But even the election, you are not allowed to question the election. Even with the election, you're not allowed to question the election. If you listen to the media, and the media will tell you there was no evidence of election fraud. And they'll say that the Trump administration never put forth any evidence of election fraud. They'll tell you that there were 63 cases that went before the courts and no election fraud was found. None of those things are true. In fact, the Trump administration never tried to have uh, election fraud cases even heard. And all of the cases that were brought before judges, the 63 of them, were not Trump's. Trump campaign, Trump administration, only had a handful. And all of those handful were dismissed for technical reasons. In other words, the courts did not want to hear the evidence. You can look all that information up if they haven't scrubbed it already. And I'm not saying that Trump would have won. That's not what I'm saying. In fact, I told you I'm not taking a side here. But I am pointing out the truth. There were election regularities. And one thing you can't deny, people who did not have the power changed the rules in seven states prior to the election. Again, they did not have the power. The power rests within their legislature as per the Constitution. That is very clear. That was violated. And that's what the Trump administration was bringing forth in court. That which is undeniable. Now, before you say that there was no evidence, no, there was a vast amount of evidence. And if you're interested, you can go look at the hearings. Hearings in Pennsylvania, hearings in Georgia. They didn't happen in the courtroom, no, because they were denied. They did happen in front of, in front of the legislatures. And the legislatures all said, after hearing the evidence, that there was election fraud. And all of them are at least ele election irregularities. And all of them wanted to withdraw the electors that were forced on them. In other words, somebody certified election results that were invalid. I get, that's against the law, by the way. But all of that has been swept under the rug, and you're not even allowed to bring it up. In fact, Congress has made a motion to classify the election results. Why? Why would you want to classify the election results so that the American people could not have access to them? Deception. Now, you can make up your own mind about 
who won or who lost. That's not my job. My job is not to tell you that Trump won, Trump lost. It's irrelevant. What's relevant is we're being deceived. When you have a group of people who saw the evidence, they tried to bring that evidence to court, did not have their day in court. They did not have the evidence reviewed by a judge. They were denied the Supreme Court for partisan reasons, which is proven we have on tape, did not want Trump to win, so he did not hear the evidence despite the, um, the law, in spite the fact that there was a Supreme Court ruling, Bush versus Gore, that was similar, that made this applicable. They did not want to hear it. When you have people who knew, who saw the evidence, and knew that these states were stolen from the evidence presented, but nobody wanted to hear it, you can understand why somebody can get a little angry. And you might say, too bad, stop being a crybaby, but it's not about Trump. The problem is, in our country, the American people have one thing that we can do that gives us the power over the the people who rule over us. We have a representative government, and we get to choose who our representative is. We get to vote and nominate that representative. And if we choose a dunce, that's our problem, as long as we have free and fair elections. When free and fair elections are compromised in any way, it is incumbent upon the entire government to make sure that those elections are free and fair. Otherwise, this is what's going to happen. There's going to be a lot of trust issues. And when there's trust issues, as I said earlier, trust is the foundation of a society. You cannot have a society with trust issues. There are plenty of places you can go look up the facts if you're curious. I think you should be. Now, why? Let me direct you to this this article. America, you might think this is business as usual. But countries don't get toppled in one day. They get toppled piece by piece. So I implore you to at least listen to what I'm about to tell you. You can make up your own mind. Please look into it, because your very life could depend on it. Here's an article article by Tom Williams called The Marxist Plan to Destroy America. The commies are coming for America. Yeah, you're joking, right? But I thought we defeated the evil USSR back in 1991. So why should we worry now? Well, it may be true that USSR was defeated, Or should we say they were somewhat defeated, or they defeated themselves? The Marxists, communists, or socialists' ideologies linger on. After all, the originators of these ideologies knew that the implementation would span the rises and falls of various state entities. In the 20th century, the world defeated the age of Marxist ideologies, both the communists and fascists two peas in a pod, 
These ideologies are antithetical to Western civilization that have been built and enjoyed. Unfortunately, Marxism is once again trying to raise its ugly head, which was responsible for the deaths of untold millions of people, over 150 million people, in the same century. A 21st century Marxist attempt could be far more catastrophic. In a recent poll, Americans said that 40% prefer socialism to capitalism. For women, it's as high as 55%. For the youth, it's it's nearly 70%. Have they forgotten the past? Of course not. They were never told about the past. With their clever rebranding and using the tricks of the trade, people being suckered into these same evil ideologies once again. Envy politics. So what are the tricks of the trade? It's not appropriate, of course, to look just at the famous Manifesto of the Communist Party of 1847 as a guide to the conversion today of the capitalism state to a communist state. The progressive and social democratic movements of the U.S. and Europe at the end of the 19th century enacted some of the Communist Party's demands and preemptive measures to defang the radical change. And of course, out of charitable desire to mitigate the harshest conditions of industrialization, Perhaps the Communist Manifesto, 68 pages, is too long to read. So the leaders did provide summaries of the Communist 45 goals, which I will then um, link to in the show notes. All these sources are really saying the same thing. Do you think this is just a fable? Take a minute and watch Yuri Bezmanov who is an actual ex-KGB press and propaganda agent explaining how they operated in the old communist USSR. I'll have that video linked in the description of this episode. So to be clear, let's break down into even more simpler terms so you can keep up the Marxist plan firmly in your mind and be watchful for the signs. Number one, degrade society. Present degeneracy and promiscuity as natural, normal, and healthy. Eliminate religion to debase morality, then mock religion. Destroy the family by taking fathers and mothers out of the home and handling the children over to the state to be propagandized. Centralize flat currency banking system, government programs, and tax policies to steal wealth and make the people dependent on the state and poor. Control government and its influences, business, culture, media, and academia where you can, above all, disarm the public. The minds of the people are now ready to accept these ideas so long as their degeneracy can be satisfied. That's step one. I think you'll agree that all of those are underway, if not completely finished. Two, put one group against another. Use identity politics, gender politics, and get racial groups opposing tribes. It does not matter what these tribe leaders think. They will be limited in time anyway. The followers will be useful idiots. Above all, get people to question their government and its founding principles. Besides, by this time, they have good reason. That was the purpose of the 1619 Project. And the color revolution that's now underway in America. 
every day when you turn on the news, all you hear about is black, white, lesbian, gay. You hear labels, Republican, Democrat. They're all fiction. There is no such thing as a Republican. And there is no such thing as a Democrat. I hate to break it to you. Those are fictitious. None of those fit into those categories. For none of them follow any principles. Number three, invoke chaos and revolution. Once people have driven themselves into their tribes, organize civil protests and disobedience against each other and their opposing views. Once the people get radicalized, they go violent, starting with simple acts of hoodlumism, then domestic terrorism, and then outright killing each other on the streets. We now have civil chaos. That's what they want, people. They want us to be civilly disobedient. They want us to be attacking each other. Together we stand, united we fall. Or in the Bible it says, a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. We cannot allow that to happen. Does domestic terrorists sound familiar? The news is full of story after story of the media calling a specific group a domestic terrorist. It doesn't make any sense, does it? One group can burn down all of Washington, D.C. They're not domestic terrorists. The other can peacefully protest with a couple of whack jobs entering the Capitol building, and the entire group is called domestic terrorist. Nothing you're told makes sense because nothing is true. It's all a lie to deceive. Number four, totalitarian takeover, a swift coup. With chaos in the streets and economic uncertainty, Can you say, let's destroy all of our businesses? With economic uncertainty, people will be begging for some strong hand to come in and save them. They're looking for a savior from the chaos. Organize key members to seize power in an extra-constitutional manner and declare martial law to save the country, of course. Change constitutional law to maintain legitimacy and eliminate all resistance by any means necessary, jail, or even executions. Then quickly implement the planned Marxist ideologies, seize property, and force the people to submit by any authoritarian military means necessary. This this Marxist plan may seem rather frightening to you, and you should, it's evil. We're about the beginning of stage three. So there's no time to lose. We must be vigilant and warn people of these dangers. Share this podcast. By the way, I don't know if you notice or not, but there's no way of paying for this podcast for you. There's no way you can go on and donate to my podcast. I get nothing if you share it. So share it. We must be vigilant and warn people of these dangers and act now. Don't be fooled by the tricks and false hopes. We take this very seriously, or we should. Perhaps the single most important policy we should be worried about is defeating Marxist ideologies. If you listen back in July at episodes 11 and 12, I warned you that this was coming. Today, we even have a 2020 U.S. presidential candidate, now president, who is shockingly self-declared Marxist though he's trying to bait people that he's not. 
a nefarious form of Marxism. There is no good form of Marxism. There is no good socialist. The other Democratic presidential candidates or, and the vice president have similar views. Most of those presidential candidates who didn't make it are now in the cabinet of one Joseph Biden. Remember, a Marxist dictator will not come from the current group of Democratic leaders. Rather, they will enable the next leader to take that role. We need to take a stand and stop this Marxist ideology before it's too late. And once it's too late, you can't go back. If we don't guard our mind from misleading information, we'd be unable to make our decisions about our health, finances, career, mindset, and country, which will put our lives, family, country, and future in jeopardy. You cannot afford to sit on the sidelines. You cannot afford to be silent. You must stand. Stand for the liberties that you inherited. And act like your life depends on it, because it does. On next week's episode, I'll be discussing the solution to this problem in discerning truth, finding facts in a world of disinformation. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about the topic discussed in today's episode by visiting the links in the show notes of this episode. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to Apple Podcasts or by visiting our website at www.gonefishingpodcast.com. And remember, life is an ocean, a strong boat, your foundation. If you want to succeed, identify a harbor, unfurl your sails, sail outside the drift currents of social expectation, and let's go fishing. You've reached the end of another episode of the Gone Fishing Podcast. Connect with us at www.waypointmastermind.com where you can sign up for our newsletter to receive our free tools and resources. This podcast has been brought to you by Waypoint Mastermind. Personal growth and support through collaboration with a community of like-minded achievers. See you in the next episode.